This episode is brought to you by Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma. When it's time for an aircraft component inspection, overhaul, repair, or replacement, you need experienced technicians you can trust and friendly service you can count on. Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma, a family-owned business since 1959, delivers just that. Our techs have real-world experience and provide sales, service, and overhaul for piston engine aircraft accessories. We also have limited turbine capabilities such as fuel pumps, starter generators, and prop governors. And we can overhaul propellers ranging from fixed pitch to turbine. Propeller pickup and delivery service is available. And one more thing, mention this podcast to receive 5% off your next sale, service, or overhaul. Visit aircraftaccessoriesofok.com. This episode is brought to you by Genesis Aerosystems, a Moog company and leading provider of autopilots for rotor and fixed-wing aircraft. The Genesis STEC 3100 Digital Autopilot provides increased safety, decreased pilot workload, and is approved for over 200 makes and models. To learn more about the STEC 3100, visit genesis-aerosystems.com. That's genesis-aerosystems.com. AOPA presents Never Again... True Pilot Stories from the World of General Aviation. In this episode, poor decisions are made to satisfy an impatient right-seater. Ride along with Terry Fairbanks in Speaking Up. As a new pilot, I joined the local flying club where I had access to a meticulously maintained Cessna 177 and found great camaraderie and mentorship amongst the members. I flew with many fellow members during my time with them, including one pilot who joined several months after me. John had recently moved to the area and was already an experienced pilot. Like me, John was not yet instrument rated, although I didn't know his actual experience. He gave me the impression that he had much more flying experience than I did. He was about 10 years my senior and had a responsible job. As a graduate student, I was in a different stage of life. John exuded confidence. I looked up to him as a person and as a pilot. One day, John invited me to join him on a trip to attend an air show at a city on the other side of the state, a two-hour flight. My first cross-country with him. Our girlfriends came along, and though they had never met, both had significant experience as right-seat flyers, and they got along well. We agreed that John would be the flying pilot on the way there, and I on the way home. The flight was uneventful, and we enjoyed the air show. Toward the end of the day, I became increasingly worried about the weather, as a line of thunderstorms was approaching the state. I was surprised that John didn't appear worried about this at all, and I felt amateurish for raising the issue in the face of his self-confidence. During the pre-flight for the return, the weather showed a line of thunderstorms approaching right into our route. We decided to divert our course to a commercial airport with a full-service FBO where we could wait out the storm if the weather required. We engaged VFR flight following services, my normal routine, and about 60 miles from our intermediate destination, ATC warned us of the approaching storm line. I suggested diverting to some nearby small airport, but John pressed to carry on. I was influenced by the senior pilot to my right, who I believed had experience in dealing with decisions like this. Yet, I was very apprehensive. 
As pilot in command, I found myself in the midst of a flight that I would not have normally decided to initiate. When I voiced my concerns, John responded with comments like, We are fine. This is how it's done. We had no cockpit weather information, so we were relying on our eyes and ATC. As conditions worsened, I insisted that we land at a small airport 10 miles short of our planned stop. John reluctantly agreed and did not hide his disapproval. Once we landed, things got worse. We found the FBO closed, not a soul on the field, no outside telephone for a briefing, this was before cell phones, and no shelter. So John pushed to take off and beat the storm to the large airport just 10 miles away. Feeling overcautious, I let John convince me. All four of us climbed back into the plane, and as the flying pilot, I taxied and took off, heading straight toward the dark sky. The airplane was silent. John was angry that I had insisted on stopping. The ladies were scared to death. I later learned that they had been clenching hands. And me focused on controlling the 177 in what was the roughest climb-out I've ever experienced. As soon as we were about 500 feet above ground level, I could see a black cloud over our destination. A sudden wave of insight came over me, realizing I had made the wrong decision. With new confidence, I announced to John that we would stay in the pattern and return to land. He argued, but I wasn't flexible anymore. The trip around the pattern was jolting, and the final approach was a fight. I was flustered and conducted the worst landing I've ever made, but we all walked away safely and sat through one of the most severe thunderstorms I've seen. After the storm passed, our flight home was calm and beautiful. It was the last time I ever flew with John. I now knew that he was one of those pilots you read about, with a lack of respect for the true importance of caution. I regretted my decision to initiate the return flight with John, and I knew that as PIC it was ultimately my responsibility. But I had not yet learned my second lesson. It never occurred to me to report the incident to the flying club. I followed the lead of someone I perceived as a more experienced pilot, assuming that his experience correlated with better judgment. It could have ended very differently. Although I made the personal decision never to fly with John again, I didn't have the confidence to be sure he was wrong. I wondered if my apprehension was simply caused by my inexperience. About a year after that flight, I took some friends on a flight for lunch. It was a beautiful flying day with clear skies, calm wind, and great visibility. It was my last time in the 177 before I moved out of town. The flying club later called because the next pilot to take the 177 out discovered a subtle rippling of the wings during his pre-flight, only noticeable when the line of vision is placed right along the top of the wing. It was estimated that the aircraft had undergone several Gs of force consistent with thunderstorm-related turbulence. The 177 was totaled. Our flight had been smooth, so I had missed the damage on my pre-flight. I learned that the last person to fly the aircraft before me was John. And at that point, I told the story that I should have told months earlier. John soon resigned from the flying club. We know the airplane had been flown past its structural limits. 
The irony here is that by remaining silent about my concerns with John, I may have put myself and my passengers at risk a second time, despite my decision never to fly with him again. Second lesson learned. The Never Again Podcast is brought to you by AOPA, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. You can find more Never Again stories online at aopa.org by typing Never Again into the search box. While you're there, check out FlyQ, AOPA's integrated flight planning software, as well as the many free online training and safety courses from the Air Safety Institute. Find all of this and more at aopa.org. The Never Again podcast is produced by Royce Earl. Thanks for listening. Fly safely.